Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Monty and Allie. I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. <laughs> I'm Monty. I'm Allie. We're mom and, and daughter. daughter. <laughs> we are friend and Oh. <laughs> Sometimes. Ah. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. So today I'm at promiseskept.com. That is a website that outlines all of the promises that Donald J. Trump made during his campaign and the ones that he has kept. And on the heels of the Democrat debate that was just hosted in our city in Atlanta, Georgia, just this week, I thought it would be a good time to bring Allie into the conversation to represent uh, the younger voices. You're very quick to remind me that you are a millennial. Yes. You are not a Generation Z. Okay. Yes. This is difficult for me to keep up with because I don't think of human beings and our uh, eras in the within the construct of the alphabet soup. So I don't do that with people and acronyms in the LGBT world. I just it's just not my thing. So it I have to keep this straight that Generation X is from 1965 to 1980. Apparently that's who I am. I'm an Xer. Uh, your generation is from 1981, I would imagine 1980 to 1996, which is when you were born. Mm-hmm. Um, Generation Zers are from 1997 to 2012. And right now we're just basically in the TikTokers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna we're going to for you TikTokers for people in your generation you're gonna love this podcast because you get it. All right. But for those of you who don't, I want you to stick around because this is very important for you to understand where the youth are getting their information. And I, for one, am very tired of being separated from our youth. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of it's us versus them. I I didn't raise you that way as a parent. I never bought into, well, when she hits 13, it's all going to go to hell and she's going to storm off and be in her room and you guys are just going to be aliens and alienated from each other for the next eight years. Right. It well, started late. Yeah, it did start late, but I refuse to allow that to happen. So and because this is my home, it's my constitution and you abide by it and I try to abide by it for the sake of connectivity and love and nurturing and thriving and all those things that we want for our kids and our kids generally want. Going through t- why don't you tell us what TikTok is? Because I want to I want to play some of the TikTok things coming out of the debate because we tend to think that your generation is either Full bore, you know, uh, Democrat socialists uh, against cow farts and cars and, you know, <laughs> grass and anything that could offend anybody. And because that's what is pumped out through mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But I want my media to represent the truth down here in the grassroots of what our kids and grandkids and, and great grandkids, what, what you guys are really 
going through and how you're making decisions about this political climate because we are not the only voters. My generation are not the only people who show up to vote. So I want to start with what TikTok is. TikTok is an app. Um, It started originally as Musical.ly and essentially it was where people could go and kind of do like... um, like they could uh, like lip syncing. Yeah, okay. exactly. They right. would just lip sync and they would do like something silly while they're lip syncing to a song. Right. And then eventually people got tired of just lip syncing to songs. And it's almost so, like charades for songs. Yeah. Right? But they okay. rebranded it. Wait. There you go. All right. What is he doing right there? Right now, people would be dancing <laughs> in the video. Yes. Okay. This is one of Mr. P's TikToks, yes. obviously. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, but we also have another TikTok that was politically driven. Okay, be, hold on, because I, I went to this website and I said, out of all of these, and I'm about to list for all of us in just a moment, out of all of these promises kept, which ones would be important to your generation? Mm-hmm. And And you were like... You were talking about the debates and how there's all these. I didn't even know that existed, that you guys even cared about the debates. And these TikToks have been created around the Democrat debate. What TikTok has now become is an application where you can take other songs. You can do a dance to it. You can take sound bites from TV shows, sound bites from the debates, sound bites from literally anywhere you can get a sound bite. Right. You can put it into a TikTok and you can create a video to it. Through your phone. Most of these kids are on their phones. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're on their phone. You can edit everything in your phone. You can make a fully fledged, like almost feature kind of, yeah, exactly, (laughs) on your phone with this application with whatever sound bite you can pull from. Okay. And so now what kids are doing is turning it into a political thing. Okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. This is a TikTok from the debate. Okay. Oh. Well, this- Reporting live from Planet Basic. We talk a lot, but we don't ever say shit. Saying something that we truly feel, but that's just not in the conversation. I'm semi-famous, kind of ancient, kind of sort of like almost made it. Okay. So with that okay, TikTok. So tell us what we're watching. Okay, because the audience can't <laughs> yeah, see. Exactly. So with that TikTok, it's essentially a young man who's going through the list of the Democratic candidates. Okay. So with each verse, so like reporting live from Planet Basic, he's describing <laughs> Beto. <laughs> Beto. 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 Okay. Uh, he's describing okay. Beto, and yeah. he's saying that he's Planet basic. Basic. Yes. Okay. And what does basic mean in your generation's terminology? It's an extremely derogatory term, right. normally reserved for women, calling you vapid or making irrelevant. It just completely. You're yes. just stupid. Yeah. Okay. Like you're, just, you're just so you basic. Yeah. Okay. You just, you're just have dumb. no reason to be here. Oh. Okay. Um, and with Biden, he goes on to say, like, essentially, has never says anything relevant, which is true. <laughs> Because he's like, he just doesn't, Jesus is age. Yeah, like he okay. just doesn't know where he is half the time. <laughs> right. So it's like he doesn't say anything relevant. And then with Kamala Harris, he yeah. is like the next verse. And, um, and what do you say about her? She Never about say what you really feel. Oh, there you go. And so he's essentially calling her two-faced. Right. Um, and then he goes on to kind of like lump Warren and Biden, or yeah. Warren and uh, Bernie, Bernie into saying kind of ain't something kind of ain't shit yeah okay which that's what he said in the lyrics and it's okay. not not true okay um and then kind of like our last candidates which i've never even heard of uh tulsi and gravel oh yeah okay well tulsi is um tulsi that's interesting that's interesting that you would say she's someone i've never even heard of because she is actually the only one who exemplifies any kind of um Mm, it's a semblance of 
uh, maturity on stage. She stays on point. She is extremely focused, whether you agree with her policies or not and her politics. She is extraordinarily focused. So she's, she's not entertaining. She's she's not entertaining. Exactly. exactly. Which is why she's not memorable. Mm-hmm. And she will never have a TikTok created mm-hmm. around her. Okay, so TikTok is important because my question to you was, okay, this kid's clearly watching the debate process. But where is he getting his information about the candidates? Because... You couldn't surmise all of that just by watching the debate. I mean, you can through their performances, but you would have to know what Kamala is two-faced about Mm -hmm. in order to know that she's actually talking out of both sides of her face. So where is your generation getting their news from to form these opinions? Um, I mean, as it's well known, most of my generation, the millennials, um, are the older part of our generation does watch the news. And if right. you are of a of the left side persuasion, you're yeah. going to be watching CNN, MSNBC, ABC, right. those kinds of things. If you're on the right side, you're watching Fox News. Yeah, um, or, or not. Or uh, not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so but in the younger part of my generation, like my age, mm-hmm. um, like for me in particular, I just I Google things. I don't watch the news and search things out for you. Yeah, but when you Google, you're going to go to a news source. Exactly. I try to stick towards things like the L.A. Times. Me too. Washington Times, Mm -hmm. L.A. Times. Things with times in it usually tend to be, Mm -hmm. okay. this is I get it. Anything with post in it, I'm out. Like I've just realized that it's completely it's just complete trash. It's going to be completely one sided. It's very biased. I also read a lot of things from the perspective of like the economist and Mm -hmm. uh forbes okay i get a lot of my news from that way because they're biased towards money like whatever a candidate whatever their persuasion is it it's going through the filter of the economy it's going through the filter of money and business i've still seen bias especially around the discussion of trade i've seen bias come out of forbes for sure and forbes does hit on socioeconomic issues so you do have to know your you have to know your facts and your politics before mm-hmm. you dive into that it, to me and i got to tell you for me that's why i think websites like this are very important promiseskept.com. Okay, you can fact check every single one of these things that the president's team is touting that he has kept because I asked you, okay, they're making fun of all the Democrat candidates and there's really no one that they would vote for. Okay, but what about what's wrong with voting for President Trump? He's just not his, he's not popular. He His his outward appearance, his tweets, I mean, the narrative surrounding uh, President Trump is very bad. <laughs> like, okay, so you're a narrative studies major. Yeah. Okay, so how detrimental is clearly the narrative has become extremely detrimental to his campaign? Donald Trump could literally cure cancer. And you could have proof, like literally you could have in your face proof that he cured cancer. Right. And there would still be something disparaging said about him. Right. It wouldn't matter. So what do we do? Uh, Because I've got, I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 line items of promises kept from this presidency that should matter to your general, some more than others, admittedly, and we're, we're going to go over these in just a moment, but some more than others. But, but 
every one of these things on this list affect all of us, no Mm -hmm. matter your age. So how would, what would your advice be to President Trump's administration on shaping a narrative that would reach your generation? Honestly, I don't know if they can at this point. I really think it's too late to change the perception, to change his public image. I think if they had started during the campaign, then that would be one thing. Of 2016. So before he was ever elected. Yeah. If they had, but they knew their audience. They knew their voter base. They knew exactly who to market him to, to get the votes that they needed. And they did that. So good job for them. However. What if he miraculously came out? with a Bernie Sanders statement and said, cancel all student debt. Would that do it? People would still be asking why. Why does he want to do that? How is he going to do that? He can't do that. Then the literally the whole tide would turn and all of a sudden everyone would be worried about, well, where's the money coming from? Our taxes? I don't want to pay taxes for that. <laughs> Bingo! Exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, surprise, children. Free education's not free. Exactly. Yeah. I so mean, I, okay. I know, so it literally. So I, that wouldn't matter either. If he matter. canceled student debt, and, and according to the left, that he is the get, number one stronghold strangling all of you <laughs> in this generation. You're just going to die. You're jumping off bridges because of student debt. I mean,. I wouldn't make it so cavalier, but I do understand the frustration and the dramatics of it. But yeah, I mean, they would probably give him a very low, slow clap, like a golf clap. Would they privately vote for him? Probably. I know a lot of people who privately voted for him. Right. But publicly, yeah, they're standing with... Exactly. I'm, I'm, either, I'm either just going to continue to make fun of the Democrats, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely not. OK, I'm glad you said that because I have spent the past week uh, in an, a week, a little over a week in and around the Trump administration, you know, uh, if you will. And whether it's through Blexit and their narrative and they're aligning with conservatism um, and all the things that the president has done, because as the black, I will call them caucus. Um, they're very affected by certain things that, quite honestly, other demographics are not. Mm-hmm. They're just not. So whether it's criminal justice reform, it's employment, it's immigration, I have to tell you, I was very surprised by how many black folks were up in arms about their kids being left out of the equation, uh, where the border's concerned, they're tired of drugs pouring into the country, mm-hmm. adversely affecting their young black males, as well as girls and trafficking. You know, very, we. I think we... You know, the Black Lives Matter movement for me personally has done a grave disservice to the black community because it has become a polarized, marginalized conversation in that blacks are marginalized because of law enforcement. I'm like, no, blacks are marginalized because of politics in general across both sides of the aisle over the generations. Mm-hmm. So if we can ever just admit that and repent for that yeah. and get back to exactly what this president has been doing. OK, so with with Blexit, the narrative was all about this promises kept. Hey. 
we didn't like him either, is what a lot of people said. We didn't like his game. We didn't like how he how he addressed things. But I got to tell you, people from New York who are hardcore Democrats that mm. I spoke with in the audience were like, dude, we don't give a damn about that. Like, we've known him since before. Like, we yeah. knew him as a business mogul. So we knew how he was. He's one of us. But the fact that he's done something for us is why we're down with him now. And that was from people your age mm-hmm. all the way to, like, 70. Absolutely. Because, you know, for me, I can separate out whether or not I like someone personally and what they are actually doing well. So for me, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a fan of like Donald Trump's personality or what he comes across as on television. He doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies as a female. He doesn't, no. But I cannot and I will not take away what he has done as a president. Right. And I won't. And I won't show him disrespect because of that. Well, you've like, also been raised to be able to reasonably think about something. I can separate it out. Right. I cannot like you and still like what you've done in office. You don't like me and you still respect me because I'm your mother. I you don't like I'll, you sometimes. I'll, I'll beat your hind So <laughs> My hind my hind hen? Your, your hind hen. <laughs> I'll beat you into submission because <laughs> I reserve that right. Yeah. No, but seriously, so the Trump administration, we start talking about throughout the week, you know, his representatives have been in town. I, I interviewed his daughter-in-law, who's an amazing woman, Laura Trump, has accomplished a lot, and she's very well-spoken. But she kept going back to, we got to we gotta drive home this, you know, with the, with the suburban women, uh, we have to drive home this anti, you know, we don't need to become Venezuela, and, and socialism is dangerous. That's all the left is offering, which is true. We know that fundamentally we know that socialism is really what they're offering on a platter okay yeah and nobody in their right mind wants that so but i kept thinking okay but how are you going to reach the suburban single woman who don't give a damn about socialism she's not even thinking about social she's thinking about how do i pay my bills how do i look cute how do i buy my next handbag like they're thinking monetarily how do i run my business how do i start a business how do i land a husband how do i raise my kids how which daycare are my kids going to be safe in school do i have to pack them a gun to get you know in their little lunch sack to go to school there's all kinds of things that go on in suburban women's minds but the narrative is such that, you know, women are, and it really grieves me because we are community builders. And I said this to Laura during our interview, we are community builders. And I think it's a real disservice going back to what you said, that a lot of your friends will vote and did vote for him privately, which our vote, quite honestly, I'd love to see it go back to being private. Everybody just shut the hell up about who you voted for. There's a reason that you can't see what the person next to you is voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason for that. It's That is your right to keep it private. But everything now is not private thanks to online. But I said to Laura, how do we overcome this negative, uh, f- this fear that women have of, God, if I tell people I'm aligning with him, does that mean I no longer have self-respect? You know, I really like that you brought this up because I was watching a comedy special on uh, Netflix last night with one of my favorite comics. Her name is Eliza uh, Schlesinger. It's Schlesinger. Yes. Very German. <laughs> very Dutch. Yeah. Um, but she's hilarious. I mean, she's great. She's been she's done like five or Dr. four. Dr. Laura. Yeah. She, ah, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. I wonder if she's related. Maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Dr. But she's okay. hilarious. She's and okay. her whole Netflix special is, you know, is about feminism. She's kind of critiquing feminism. Okay. And in so this is like mocking. No, okay. not mocking. She's critiquing. She's but she is kind of poking fun at because a lot of comics. I mean, a lot. And we saw this in Dave Chappelle's special as yeah. well. A lot of comics are fed up with PC culture because right. they can't be funny anymore. Right. 
And so she was talking about the like the blogger woman in the corner of the back of the room tweeting about <laughs> female comics give scathing review of feminism, like right, right. and and kind of poking fun, but actually critiquing in a funny way, like yeah. what modern feminism has become. And so her whole point was that you know women can't call women out anymore. Unless you're going to be called, like, because you'll be called an anti-feminist. Right. You'll be called anti-woman. You're not one of us. Right. Exactly. Because right. you're shaming her. God forbid. <laughs> and so her great analogy was like, you know, if I had a male uh, heckler who was heckling me the whole show, interrupting things, I would just call him like, you know, a sad sack of whatever yeah. and call him ugly and maybe have a small something and all these different <laughs> things. And everyone, and everyone cheered. Yeah. Everyone cheered and laughed and all oh, this yeah. stuff. Then she was like, now if it was a woman heckling and i was like you know you're just a dumb mm -hmm. whatever and you're just fat and, and ugly and whatever yeah, small boobs and no one said anything she's like and that's the deafening silence that i was looking for because i can't women you cannot critique women you cannot critique what they look like men know like men know when they're ugly yeah like you can look over at your fiance and be like yeah he's no brad pitt and he'll be like yep you're right yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and be yeah, proud yeah. of that yeah, like yeah. i know this but right. women god forbid that you say anything about them and what they look like, right. especially your woman hater. Mr. B has a question yes. or a comment. Oh. Popular misconception about girls is that we don't oh. like to eat. Girls love to eat. Heck yeah. Yeah. We just don't <laughs> like to eat in front of a guy that we like. That's oh, the difference. That's not true. When you first meet a guy that you like, you can't eat the way you want to that's on a true, date. That's yeah, true, that's it true. is true. You can't have that fourth salad. plate of ribs on mm -hmm. a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. I found out. <laughs> oh, awesome. Society dictates that guys can do what they want. Women have to be dainty. So he's going to get fries, a burger, half a gazelle, whatever he wants to eat. <laughs> right, yep. Girls, you get the menu. What are you ordering? Salad. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, right? She's great. With She's like dressing. Yes. Yeah, whatever. And Not so, me, honey. Her I'm, whole, like, I'm taking the steak. Yeah. Medium rare. 14 ounces. Yeah. <laughs> right. I want a side of onion rings. Um, <laughs> right. She's great, and she her whole her whole thing is under the guy. She got married recently, okay. and so she and she's thirty five. Okay, so she has a very different perspective on like the wedding industry and feminism and and bride being a bride because yeah. she is in her thirties. She's not in her twenties. Right, and so now she's like, you can't critique a woman for anything without being called a woman hater. And she's yeah. like, I can disagree with you and still be like, yes, queen. But yeah. like she's like, I'm 35. I don't have the energy to walk around being like, yes, queen, you're amazing. You're killing it. Like all the time. Right. I'm too tired for that. Right. But just know in silence, I'm supporting you. Right. So. Well, not only is she probably too tired, she's just, she's confident. She's yeah. cool with who she is. And so when you get to that place in your life as a woman, I, and I, for me, it, it didn't happen until I was like right at 40. Mm -hmm. And women say that all the time. You hit 40 and there's just something that goes off in your head. Your, your give a crapper just completely gone, yeah. burns out. <laughs> and so no battery change needed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just gone. And um, and you realize how much of it you can look back over your life, whether it's through your children, your family, your businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see how much of a community you have single-handedly along with that community built. Yeah. And you can see what your own hands and your heart and your, you know, your innovative thinking you can see what you have contributed to mm -hmm. those around you, whether it's in the home every day with children, whether it's in the boardroom, whether or it's both. in your churches, right, yeah. or both. Exactly. So, uh, there, so there's something that comes up as you get older. And I got to tell you, just, you that's you why I'm grieved yeah. that women who are my age have this problem, this fear 
and I said this to to Laura Trump um, that it it aggrieves me that we have this fear of aligning with a man who has accomplished so much as I'm a grown ass woman. Why would I allow you to shame me? I have come through hell, high water. Jesus, the devil. I mean, are you kidding me right now? And so you think, and and people think I'm courageous for being that way. I'm like, no, I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot first. I mean, you're just done. You're done with the BS. You're done. And that's what she was saying, too. She was like, you know. But doesn't your generation respect that? If people would stand up? To a certain extent. She's also part of my generation. She's 35. But it's like, it's something that comes with age. It really does. I mean, it's like women with men. You get to a certain age. She's like, any woman over 30 is just automatically done with the guy's BS. Like, you just will not accept the same level of crap because you know yeah, absolutely. It. You just won't. Like she she yeah, said that she I'm was in a bar recently and a guy came up to her and said, "Hey," and she's like, "I don't buy it." and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try that. Yes. <laughs> right. I no. don't buy it. Yeah. Hashtag, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah. That's awesome cuz they're always trying to tell sell you something. something. If you sit in a bar and a man walks up, yeah, get ready. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. I like that. And okay. but a lot of women adopt that mentality across their lives once they do hit 30. I don't buy it. I don't buy into this. I can't disagree with you and love you at the same time. I can't have what I want. I can't, you know, eat my cake and have it too. I don't know. I love how you turn that around, by the way. You'll have to explain that in a minute. But I don't understand why pragmatism, where women are concerned, is the big evil brouhaha. I have male friends who are like, well, you women are so pragmatic. And I'm like, did you just not get enough breast time as an infant? Like, what is your, yeah, I know. I'm like, what is that about exactly? This bitterness toward, (laughs) (laughs) this bitterness toward, you know, pragmatism. I mean, yeah, we get pragmatic, you know, I'm going to tell a story. Okay. You've heard this story. So I'm not outing your father. This is a prime example of female pragmatism that I'm hoping women will tap into during this current election cycle. Okay. When I was pregnant with you, your father and I both lost our jobs. And it wasn't long after we got married. We had a brand new house. We had a car. We had you coming. Mm -hmm. And your father was always a professional manager. And um, I was working, you know, odd jobs trying to get myself back into school. But I was doing loan processing and I lost my job. And then he did right after we got married. And so he freaked and he starts, you know, applying, 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 trying to do what he knew to do. And eventually he landed in the life insurance industry. And your father was a lot of things, but a salesman was not one of them. Fair enough. Well, except when it came to women. Yeah, I was like... Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like we need an asterisk there. Right. Yeah. Had I met had I known what the comedian said then. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't buy it. Yeah, I'd have looked at him at the bar and been like, I don't buy it. Yeah. But then I would have missed out on you. I know. Okay. The so light of life. you are the silver lining to all my marital woes. No, yeah. So anyway, your father was a very affable, just lovable, likable person. He was a manager. Not a he, salesman. He was not an entrepreneur. Yeah. And he was not a salesman. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is why we got along so well, because I'm definitely the free bird in the relationship. So, um, 
But there came a time when he was really frustrated, and I was so pregnant. I was waddling around, full edema. I mean, it was crazy. It was. All, I didn't look like Laura Trump when I was pregnant. Yeah. She looks like, dang, like she just popped out a baby two months ago, and she's a triathlete. <laughs> she yeah. looks amazing, right? So for me, I'm just like a house, and so like I'm a you know a ball with feet, and <laughs> and and so your dad was starting to lose traction. Mm-hmm. His spirit was dwindling. Mm-hmm. And um, and my pragmatism, I mean, I'm an emotional girl. I had hormones like nobody's hormones. When you're pregnant, everything is a thing. Mm-hmm. Everything. Okay. And so the temperature, you know, food, smells, all your senses are like, what the hell? So um, there was a pragmatism that kicked in with me because I was like, we got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. We got a baby coming. And he was... He was emotionally falling apart because he knew he felt, like most men do, like he was failing. Mm -hmm. And so he he shut down. He shut down, exactly, Mm -hmm. and went into a cave, and I couldn't pull him out. Mm -hmm. And so instead of expending my energy to try to pull him out of the cave, I got busy. I went around him. I went over him. I went under him, beside him. Really, what I did was I came along beside him, and I came Mm -hmm. along under him to lift him up, and I started sending his resumes out, unbeknownst to him, because he didn't have the energy to believe in himself anymore. But that that pragmatism took him to an interview that he ended up landing the job for. He would have never applied to that company. But I saw something in him that he didn't see, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit of a headhunter at heart, as that goes. I'm a, I'm a talent scout, if You're you will. A woman. I'm a woman, and I see things in people, mm-hmm. and I'm a community builder. I'm a bridge builder. Mm-hmm. So I sent his resume out. He lands an interview, and literally not even an hour after I delivered you, they gave him the news that he had the job. Yeah. So that pragmatism is it's not that women go emotionless and it's a negative. It's that women know when something is right and when something is wrong and they know how to press right on through Mm -hmm. and get stuff done. So as a pragmatic woman who knows how to get things done, I don't look at his I'm not looking to the president to make me feel warm. I don't vote emotionally like most people do. And I would love to drive this narrative home for women to please get out of your emotional headspace whenever it comes to how you're voting. I Listen, economy and jobs, immigration, foreign policy, national security and defense, regulation, land and agriculture, law and justice, energy and environment, government accountability, health care, infrastructure and technology, social programs, education, veterans, all of these line items are things that are right here on promiseskept.com. You can do your own research and cross-examine all of these facts right here and determine for yourself. These things have to matter, and they have to matter so much that you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone of how other people may feel Mm-hmm. and state the truth that we really are at a crossroads in the country as policy and politics go, where you either stand now or you're going to be on the front lines of a much bigger war for the country after 2024. People are looking for what's called the perfect candidate. Right. And it doesn't, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. There's no, because there's not a perfect human. Well, we've been trained, though, to seek, um, we've been trained to accept the exterior 
uh, Prince Charming for the interior wolf. Mm-hmm. And, and what we know historically is that every person, whether Democrat, Republican, independent, male, female, we all have the we know how to we know how to politic. We know we know how to show we know how to show up with a persona that we know people want to see mm-hmm. and what they want to hear. And then and things happen behind closed doors. And and what's good for one goose is not good for the gander. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this president, and I believe providentially, has been positioned for such a time as this where the covers are literally being pulled back off of a nation for us to actually, I always say this, I've told you this since mm-hmm. the time you were little, when God reveals a matter, it's for healing. It's not for destruction. It is for healing. Yeah. And so if you can see something pragmatically and spiritually and see that we are in a season of getting honest about the swamp, you about what's be been going on, yeah. we do have a deep state. No other president in the history of our presidency has suffered what he has to the extent that he has in the way of ousting him, in the way of berating him daily. And I know your generation sees that he fires back. And that's something that people are not used to. Let me ask you, what would you what would your generation, if I were to ask 20, 20 kids your age, you're 23, from the ages of 23 to 30, if I were to ask them, what would you prefer the president tweet about? What would it be? Um... I honestly, for me personally, I would prefer that the president just doesn't tweet like there's something inherently very wrong to me about that. Okay, well, hold on. So we had um, President Reagan had his style of let me go back to Lincoln, actually. So President Lincoln actually owned newspapers. (laughs) That's how that's how Napoleon got his message out. That's how President Lincoln got his message out. FDR had fireside chats. And those were things that people really looked forward to connecting with the president on. So what's fascinating to me is that you, as someone who's been raised with and on the boob of this technology, and it's okay for you guys. Y'all love it. You're on TikTok. You're on Instascam. You're on Twitter. You're on, not really on Facebook, but you all started on Facebook. So technology is okay for all of you to communicate. Yeah, but, but he's the reason, president. I understand that, but it's, it's still a mo. Do you realize that he has a hundred million followers on Twitter? Yeah. So how would you? How would you? Do you think he should roll back and go backward in technology and how he communicates? I'm talking about me personally. I don't. I know. Like, I'm asking you. What, I, what would you prefer he do? Send out newsletters? Yeah. Um, have news conferences. Addresses to the nation. That's how we used to get our information from the president. Even if it was in high stress time, you address the nation after 9-11. What did Bush do? He addressed the nation. Would that foster trust with your generation? I don't know. All I know is he's not fostering trust with not being able to rein in. Not He's not political. We've known this from the very beginning. Thank God. And I get that. But you can't feel like your president is in emotional distress all the time or fires through his emotions that doesn't build trust and that's he emotionally tweets like a woman oh boy and that That doesn't that doesn't instill trust it doesn't so if he's going to continue to tweet he needs to learn how to tweet with a somewhat of a political like a parent 
it's like a parent, like children who see their parents constantly going in and out of emotional woes or whatever, constantly sharing what's going on. They don't grow up feeling secure. Right. They don't. There's a certain level of a veil that has to come down between you and your children for them to feel secure in the family. This is priceless. I really hope the Trump administration listens to this podcast because no one else has addressed this issue from that perspective it's of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the yeah. most fun. And I talk about it all the time on my podcast. Fundamental need is for security. And so I think that's interesting because the president sees, hey, what do you mean? Like I'm helping. We're building the wall. We're you know, we're 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 cutting down on, you know, criminals and, and things pouring over our borders. And look, I've I've built I've rebuilt our military. And, I and what empathy. you're saying is it's like pragmatically. We can see all these things. The promise is kept. We can see what you've done. But if for us to relate to you and for us to uh, invest our trust in you, our trust in you as a president, we need to feel that you are stable enough so that we feel secure. Yeah. It's like he's the ultimate parent. He is the leader of the free world. He's the most powerful man in the world. And to feel like he's emotionally unstable because he can't take five minutes between what someone says on the news about him and his <laughs> fingers on Twitter is is terrifying. It's scary. It doesn't instill confidence. It doesn't instill security. And it doesn't make people want to vote for him, regardless of his track record. We're human beings. At the end of the day, we're human beings. And we can be as pragmatic as we want to. We can read as many pieces of literature about all the amazing things that he's doing. But if we are constantly living in insecurity about who he is as a person, who he is as a leader, then no, we're not going to feel secure. So this has nothing to do with he said grab women by their peas, uh, sleeping that's with porn part stars. Of it. That's part of but it. But as a woman, that's not. As a young woman and as an orphan on top of that, which let's be real. Most of the kids in your generation are fatherless. I mean, and especially among minorities. Okay, so let's break that down even further. So you're saying that even in the age of pink hat wearing marches and all of this feminist stuff, that you're saying your fundamental need is to feel safe. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't make women feel safe because of those things. Women. He doesn't make women feel safe because of the things that he has said because of the accusations against him. Most, if I'm being honest, most men don't make me feel safe these days. Okay, but that's fair. women in general, those things don't make them feel safe. But on a broader spectrum of just human beings, not being able to control your emotions, right. that doesn't make anyone feel safe. That does not make people respect you as a leader. That doesn't make people want to work with you okay. as much as work against you. So, yeah, and I and I get it. And I have the utmost empathy and sympathy for his position. I would never want to be president. I used to want to be president. And now I'm an uh, now I'm an adult. When did that change? So but no, I because I realize the scrutiny that it comes with. I mean, imagine walking in to a baseball stadium and sitting America's lifeblood pastime and tens of thousands of people are booing you. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. I couldn't handle that. I'm not strong enough for that. So and so, yeah. And you know what? Truth be told, emotionally, he's not either. I know. But the problem is he's the president. I understand. And I'm not. He's human. I I know. I'm not making excuses. Yeah. And I agree with you. And he is a man who beats. 
He marches to the beat of his own drum. Yeah. Um, and I, he's fulfilled I, a lot of promises. I, and I won't yes. I won't take that away from him. I, I'm just saying. I think from, it's important to make the distinction that from my perspective in my generation as a grown woman who has seen a lot of people come and go through that through those doors with promises not kept mm-hmm. with nothing but empty words. Yeah. I am at my age. I don't care about it. I'm not looking to him to make me feel safe. I look to my military to do that. I look to the economy. Not I look to God to do that. Let's start at the beginning. I have a spiritual underpinning that tells me that I am safe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then whenever I look to the outward expression of liberty and justice and safety, I do look to a president who is going to uphold law and order, that is going to build our infrastructure with our military, that is going to build a wall around our country and make sure that borders are important. Yeah. Your generation, I think this is very, very important to leave our listeners with this. I'm one generation. You are another. Both of us matter because we are voting blocks and very Mm -hmm. big ones. Okay. And so I want your voice to be represented because I think we've missed no one, no one has hit on that. I've never heard a broadcast or a podcast where anyone has hit on, or anyone in, even in your age group who has hit on that, who's been able to articulate the fundamental need that you guys are screaming, hey, this is why we want you to stop tweeting to the extent that you do. Yeah. Because it makes us feel like we can't trust He's you. in control. He is the leader and the commander of like of our military. Right. He is the person who control has a lot of control over things. So right. if he is a emo- he has the nuclear codes. So I don't want to feel like he's emotionally unstable and Russia does something that he doesn't like or says something that he doesn't like. No, but and he's also mentally mature enough to surround himself with people who advise him. I know him. that, but we don't see that. We see his tweets. They're not tweeting alongside him. <laughs> They're not subtweeting him. Let me tell you, if Ivanka Trump catches wind of this podcast, I guarantee you the entire time she's going to have her hands raised in the air going, Amen. Dad, I've been trying to tell you this for the past Stop six years. Tweeting. Right. So anyway, okay, we're out of here. Yes, we, we love are. you. Check out the facts, though. And, you know, share this podcast. I think this is very important. You're welcome to share it with your church groups, mm-hmm. your political groups, your young Republicans, your young Democrats, whatever. Just get the word out. We're on Twitter. This is, this is exactly. It's we're one click. On Twitter. On, uh, where I'm on Twitter, for real. Monica on, on Talk. What's your handle? Alexia Matthews. Alexia Matthews. A-L-E-X-C-E-A Matthews promiseskept.com you can see everything the president's done all right we're out of here TikTok. i am who am i frank i'm frank i'm ernest <laughs> i'm emotionally unstable and you're I, not yeah well <laughs> i'm medicated <laughs> i am too just a different medication yeah. okay love you guys till next Bye. time <laughs>